0: Welcome to Swing Left Nebraska. We are the regional chapter of Swing Left, 100% run by grassroots volunteers dedicated to fighting for a more equitable, inclusive, and prosperous Nebraska and motivating Democratic leaning voters to vote. When we don't vote, when we don't get engaged, get involved, or stand up for what we believe in, we're effectively giving up our power. Action is the antidote. When we collaborate, work together, support each other and our shared values, we can make our voices heard, make an impact, and inspire others to join the fight. Swing Left Nebraska offers you the information, actionable ideas, and tools you need to advocate for progressive legislation and to help elect Democratic candidates who will fight for the common good for all Nebraskans. Let's mobilize. Let's take action. Let's go. Welcome to the Swing Left Nebraska podcast, the show that explores the world of progressive politics in the Cornhusker State. My name is Leah. I'm a volunteer with Swing Left Nebraska and your host for today's episode. If you are passionate about making a positive difference in your community and want to stay up to date on the latest political news and trends, then this is the podcast for you. Our mission is to inform, engage, and inspire Nebraskans to take action and get involved in the fight for a more just and equitable society. So join us as we explore the issues that matter most to Nebraskans and work to build a brighter future for all. Cindy Maxwell-Ozdek joins us again to unpack the unicameral from last week and discuss what we can expect this week. We have a lot to get into, so let's do a show. Sydney, here we are again, but I am welcoming you back on the Swing Left Nebraska podcast with a smile on my face. We have a lot of cool things to get into and discuss about last week and some things coming up for this week. But before we get started, you just got back from a really awesome event. Can you tell the audience about that?
1: Yes, and thanks again for having me. I just really enjoy visiting with you every week. And I'm so glad that we're able to sit down and just talk about what is going on in the legislature and encouraging everybody to be involved as members of the second house, talking with their senator about their priorities for their family and their businesses. I was excited to see all the support today at the Capitol. There was a rally in support of public education. And there were a lot of parents and grandparents there, as well as students. And um, we were there to support the teachers. And it was just amazing. The weather was great and the speakers were amazing. And just really exciting to see how many people came out to make sure that we let the senators know that we want to make sure our public dollars stay with public schools. Nebraska really, on the whole, is not... Looking for these public dollars to go to private schools, there's such a kind of work around a bill that Senator Linehan has put together, 753 is not good policy. It's just so convoluted, this tax scheme that has been put together to try to avoid the trouble with our constitution. Because in the Nebraska state constitution, it definitely says public dollars for public schools. It's something that I really hope the senators will reconsider supporting and just really try to focus on making sure our public schools are as strong as possible.
0: Absolutely. That's great to hear that there was such a good turnout. And you said there are a lot of teachers that showed up and showed out and made their voices heard today. Yeah, they had
1: speakers, Senator George Dungan. There were people from Stanford schools, uh, State Education Association, Open Sky Policy Institute. The teachers had some sort of meeting in Lincoln, and so all of us on the Capitol steps were there to support them. They walked as a crew from the hotel and came down the mall towards the Capitol. It was a great feeling to see all of the support, and just we admire teachers in Nebraska. I can't say enough good things about our public schools and our teachers and all the support staff. I think that It's sad over this last time period, we've been hearing so many people denigrating teachers and calling them groomers and pedophiles and just all these really wild kinds of accusations. We have our neighbors teaching our children in our schools, right? All of our neighbors are our teachers. And I know that most people realize that our teachers have the best interests of these kids. Always. And so I just really hope that the senators will uh, recognize that we have an amazing public school system here in Nebraska. We want to make that stronger, not take anything away from it.
0: Yes, absolutely. Well, that's awesome that you were down there and you got to be a part of the movement. And it'll be interesting to see where this bill goes. Now, do we have any idea when this will be up for debate again?
1: I don't see Senator Linehan's bill 753 on the agenda for Tuesday. They're back in the Capitol in session on Tuesday, this May 2nd. I really hope that a lot of Nebraskans will be calling their senators about that particular bill. I want all children in Nebraska to have good education. And I think we all agree on that. It's so important for the future of our state. But I know even people who send their children to private, parochial schools, understand and don't want public dollar to be mixed with that. Let's really hope that the senators see their way clear to focus on strengthening our public schools.
0: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So moving on to the big news that I think we both have smiles on our faces about The Nebraska Mm -hmm. legislator fell one vote short Thursday of passing a ban on abortions after an ultrasound detects embryonic cardiac activity about six weeks into a pregnancy. Senator Merv Reepy of Ralston cast that pivotal vote that killed Legislative Bill 626. Republican Senator Joni Albright's legislative bill fell similarly to near Total abortion ban proposed last year. She needed 33 votes to end the debate on the bill. She only got 32, with actually two senators, both Merv Reapy of Ralston and then Justin Wayne of Omaha, voting present, not voting. What are your thoughts, Sydney, on all this?
1: It just first off wanted the All of the amazing people who've been advocating for our reproductive freedom here in Nebraska. We have seen so many people who had not previously been involved realize how alarming these bills are to our rights. And so people have been really engaged, just everyday Nebraskans talking with their senators, going down to the Capitol. We have people from various organizations that have been doing the same thing. And then, really, the doctors actual professionals here in Nebraska, the OBYNs and the people in the Nebraska Medical Association, they have really done an amazing job to help educate everyday Nebraskans as well as the senators on how important this health care is. And they were able to help Senator Reepy understand that the bill Senator Albrecht brought would be dangerous to people in our state. And I really appreciate that he was so thoughtful. And I know it was a hard decision, I'm sure, for him to make. He had originally co sponsored Senator Albright' C626. It sounds like he didn't know it was going to be six weeks. That is what she was proposing. I'm not sure. I wasn't in that room, but he did come to realize that six weeks would be essentially a total ban on this kind of care in our state. And he, put in notice weeks ago about his concern about that and that he would feel more comfortable with 12 weeks and he is very clear and has said that he is quote unquote pro-life and would want to restrict abortion further than where it is right now currently in nebraska abortion is restricted past 20 weeks and he would like to restrict that further but He just did not see that six weeks was doable, the right thing, or what would be good for Nebraska women and their healthcare providers. It was disappointing during the abortion debate that we had so much dis and misinformation shared on the floor of the legislature. We have experts across the country and in Nebraska who are physicians and obstetricians, gynecologists, members of the various medical professional associations. Telling us that this ban would be bad policy. And it was disappointing personally to hear Senator Von Gillern to bring up campaign for healthy Nebraska. This is a group of physicians, gynecologists, obstetricians, people involved with vitro fertilization. These particular physicians have been very vocal in providing education and facts for our state, for everyday Nebraskans, for the senators, and for people who are leaders in our community. I heard them speak at a function last fall put on by the Free Speech Society. It's a monthly organization that gets together and they bring in people to talk on various topics and to really, it has reasoned discussion about important issues. And these physicians came and talked at that free speech society. And it was interesting to see people who define themselves as being pro-life, but came to understand the necessity regarding this healthcare and that pregnancy cannot be legislated. And I just wanted to mention that I admire the physicians that have stood up to try to educate all of us about these facts and specifically the people who are leaders with the Campaign for Healthy Nebraska Some of are my neighbors in legislative district four, and I just think that it is important that we make sure and call out poor behavior when we see or hear it. And I would just like to say that I think that we should make sure that we're supporting our neighbors who are helping us to stay safe and healthy.
0: Absolutely, we owe a lot of gratitude to Justin Wayne of Omaha as well too for his vote, even though he has his own personal beliefs about abortion, he still has said that he does not believe that government should be involved in what is happening in a woman's body. And so he made the decision to be present and not voting, but that also was a pivotal choice in making it so that abortion remains legal in Nebraska.
1: Yes, and I would say to make sure everyone contacts every senator that worked on this, which would be all of the Democrat except Senator McDonald, as well as Senator Murvreby, who's Republican, I would really recommend contacting them and thanking them. Senator Reapy and Senator Wayne were present not voting, and a lot of people have been confused about that if you don't mind me mentioning ocher is a word that people are not familiar with, and that is a Procedure at the legislature that closes debate so that you can then move to vote on a bill. And if you can't achieve cloture, then the bill doesn't proceed. And there are 33 votes required for cloture, and it requires 33 yes votes. So if someone is either absent, like excused and not voting, or chooses not to vote, that they're president not voting or if they vote no, they all have the same impact in not contributing to the vote for cloture. So I know a lot of people were mentioning they weren't happy. Sometimes I've seen this on other bills as well. Someone didn't vote for cloture, they didn't say no. Why not? And I if you don't say yes, it's still holding the cloture from happening. I do appreciate Senator Reby because I know it was a hard decision for him. He is a pro-life Republican. But he just did not think the policy that was being considered was good. And I know that um, the other Democrats that all voted no, or like Senator Wayne that were present not voting, they really worked hard to make sure and try to protect our rights in this state. So, So we're very lucky, very lucky. I know there's a lot of controversy or questioning happening as well about whether this would come back. Have you heard about that?
0: I've heard that there is a chance for the bill to resurface. In the past, legislators have found ways to revive bills after a filibuster if there are enough supporters or votes. To make that happen in the current scenario, one more vote is needed. And Reepy and Wayne would be the considered swing votes. But from what I've heard, Reepy has said that there's no chance he's going to change his vote.
1: Yeah, he's not going to vote for six weeks. He's been very clear about that any kind of bill that has that sort of time frame attached to it. A lot of people have gotten into the weeds about what kind of procedures, what kind of motions, what can be reconsidered and when. The fact is that at any moment during the session, it is possible for the senators to even just suspend the rules. There's a lot of different things that could happen, but it is exceedingly rare that they would come back from not making cloture to reconsider a bill. And Speaker Arch has said that is not something he's interested in. I think that the fundamental issue is that the Republicans can't agree on how much they want to restrict abortion in our state. There are so many of them that are on record with like the right to life groups and things like that, where they wanted to ban abortion completely, not even to save the lives of a mother. Not for rape, not for incest, not for fetal anomalies, nothing. They 100% want to ban all abortion. And then there's some that would be more flexible. I don't know if that's the right word, but they're not listening to the doctors. They are just arbitrarily saying maybe six weeks is something I'll compromise to. And then you maybe have other senators like Senator Reby who talk to the doctors, talk to the hospitals, talk to actual patients that have been in some of these really tragic situations and had said six weeks is not the right thing for our state and is holding firm with his, just I'll need to be aware that he would like to restrict abortion further than it is in our state, but his requirement would be that we not restrict it sooner than 12 weeks. So I just can't see if they don't work that out within their caucus. I just don't think it makes sense to try to come back and debate it all again there's not much time left in the session really when you come down to it. We're currently on day 70 out of 90. So we still have to get budget things done and other kind of huge package bills is what they're calling them packages. And I just really don't imagine that they'll bring this back. If they do, it'd be really surprising. And I guess we'll just have to deal with it at that point.
0: Yeah, we'll just have to keep our eyes and ears peeled to see if anything comes up. But We can go to bed at night knowing that at least Reapy and likely Wayne are not planning to change their votes.
1: The thing that some people weren't realizing is that it also is going to be a whole new batch of bills coming next year. The Nebraska legislature is structured on a biennium. It's a two year cycle. And so there are two sessions. We're in the first regular session of the 108th legislature. And there were 10 days at the beginning of the session where people, um, senators, could introduce bills. That process happened again next January. And you will see some senators bring a whole new batch of bills. You're not supposed to bring the same bill twice. But I have watched the legislature for years now, and I see some senators tweaking their ideas, and basically bringing back the same delegate, twice in the same biennium. We've seen that with Senator Brewer and his focus on deregulating guns in our state. We've seen that with Senator Linehan and her mission to spend public dollars on private schools. We've seen that on any number of issues, including abortion. So it's very important that everyone be mindful that whatever happens at the end of this session, we will very likely see some sort of abortion legislation next year. It happens every year. And after the end of next session, next year, we'll be having elections for all of the odd numbered districts in Nebraska. I FERP on this. I'm sorry, but please consider running for office if you live in an odd number district We're talking with your friends. Who's smart? Who do you know that would be an excellent representative for your neighbors and your business and your community? It's time is now to get ready and get started on that. And all the rest of us need to make sure that we're doing everything we can to support smart, progressive people of good character to be the future legislators here in our state.
0: Absolutely. It's never too early to start thinking about running your own campaign or helping those who've already jumped in the race. I have a really cool criminal justice update. Last week on a 4-3 to 3 vote, the Judiciary Committee advanced LB 50. Now, this proposal suggests that prisoners would complete the last 15% of their sentence outside of prison and halfway houses, where they would be closely monitored while participating in rehabilitation programs and being employed. Obviously, if they break the rules, they would be returned to prison. The chairman of the Legislative Judiciary Committee, Senator Justin Wayne, proposed that inmates should be required to undergo a period of mandatory supervision after they are released. The proposal aims to decrease the necessity for new prison and discourage repeated criminal behavior. Wayne expressed his desire to have it approved this year, So, that the state can enhance its capacity to monitor a more significant number of inmates. He estimated that about 500 to 1,000 additional inmates could be put on supervised release if the right job and halfway house programs were implemented. He mentioned that the debate might take place as early as May once state lawmakers have finished discussing the state budget. So, that's pretty exciting. It sounds like it's a pretty innovative idea to help to reduce recidivism and decrease the need and dependence on prisons.
1: It's really fascinating. It's actually been prioritized as a committee, committee priority for judiciary. And it's interesting to see that on April 5th, there were a few names added to the bill and its introducer. Wayne, his name was added, even though he introduced it, I don't know. I'm not sure I understand that. But then Senator Holcroft, Senator Decay, and Senator Eibach added their needs to this bill. But that was back at the beginning of April. When I look at the committee statement, this was advanced to general file. The vote was four yeses, which was Blood, DeBoer, McKinney, and Wayne. And two senators voted no, which were Senators Decay and Holcroft. And then Senator Eibach was present not voting. So I don't know what's changed. It might have to do with amendments. I'm not sure how hopefully they can all come together and figure out a way to bring this important reform to our state. The different proponents for the bill, when I was just looking through the committee statement, include like Don Klein as the Rust County Attorney Association. There are Attorney General's Office, Jasmine Harris with RISE, and Maggie Ballard with Heartland Family Service, and then also Spike Eichel with the American Civil Liberties Union, the ACLU. And the Nebraska Criminal Defense Attorney Association. There were a lot of really strong supporters for this, and it'll be interesting to see why some of the introducing senators were a no vote in the committee and how we can hopefully see that they can compromise and get some of this reform passed.
0: Yeah, that's exciting. So we'll keep our eyes and ears peeled for you and give you updates as they come up. I wanted to discuss a situation that happened with Megan Hunt last week. So the Nebraska Accountability and Disclosure Act requires all public officials and employees to disclose potential conflicts in writing. Frank Daly, executive director of Nebraska Accountability and Disclosure Commission, on Wednesday hand-delivered a complaint to Senator Megan Hunt of Omaha in which David Begley An Omaha-based attorney argued Hunt has a potential financial conflict of interest with Legislative Bill 574. Now, 574, that's the bill that was proposed by State Senator Kathleen South of Omaha that would prohibit puberty blockers and hormone therapies for minors. During a March 22nd debate on that bill, LB 574, Hunt described how the bill would impact her 12-year-old son, who is trans. She said, The point isn't that I could gain fin- financially if my son has rights. The point is the harassment. Several lawmakers, including some Republicans, actually joined force and came into defense of Senator Hunt on Wednesday after the complaint was filed. What can you say about that?
1: It is just such a, a very dark, sad day in our legislature that there would be anyone bringing such types of complaints. Senator Hunt is a good parent. She's a mother. And for someone to try to indicate that there's some sort of conflict of interest when we're talking about rights for Nebraska children and their health care. It's just, like she said, the harassment is the point and it's very disappointing. This David Bakley is someone that had come up, his name anyway, on the floor of the legislature earlier this session, because he is someone who's well known as far as being a an kind of an agitator online, really toxic type of presence online. And he also, I don't know him personally or anything in person, but He had been appointed by the governor to the Nebraska Power Review Board, and that appointment fell apart once it started, discussion started about who this person really is. And it's just very disappointing that we would see someone bring a complaint like this that's just so personal. And I really did appreciate first Republicans spoke out, there were many Democrats that stood up and said, this isn't right. This is something we shouldn't be encouraging. Here in our state, Cinder Brandt stood up and actually, as far as took leadership to say, this is not how we conduct ourselves in Nebraska. We leave family out of it. And he and someone that I appreciated what he had shared I actually called his office. I know there were several people that called to leave their thanks. And Speaker Arch stood up and all. He talked about like decorum and things like that. And he didn't really specifically, I think, speak as strongly as I wished, but I am glad and appreciate that he addressed it as the speaker. And it is too bad that not more Republicans stood up and added their voices to the support for Senator Hunt being someone who's a good character, who is a good parent, and that this really fabricated conflict is something that we shouldn't be encouraging in our state.
0: Yes. So more to be revealed on this situation as we move forward.
1: Yeah. And Senator DeBoer stood up and she said, you know what? I'm a taxpayer and I have property tax bills. I pay property taxes. She said, I should let you all know I have a conflict of interest. Other people could stand up and say, I am someone who has these various conflicts of interest. And I know there's an actual process and procedure to be transparent about that, but there are just some things like really, or we're not going to have any senators voting on these school bills. If you consider that they have children or grandchildren in school, or they went to school themselves, it gets ridiculous. Um, Yeah, absolutely. uh, The one thing I would also mention about Senator Hunt and this harassment, which is just really unfortunate, this has been happening within a lot of state houses across our country this year. We've had people like, for example, in Tennessee, where uh, we had some senators who were representatives standing up with their constituents regarding gun violence. And they were actually expelled from their legislature and then quickly reinstated by their constituents, which was a good thing. Just recently, this last week, unfortunately, in Montana, there has been a representative. She is a trans woman. Who represents a district in Montana who had been representing her district and the community regarding trans rights and the bill that they were considering and was censured, wasn't able to speak. And so her constituents came to the state house and were in the balconies saying, let her speak. Her light wasn't turned on, her microphone wasn't, she wasn't able to speak, but she raised her microphone to amplify their voices and the montana state house voted to censure her and basically she hasn't been expelled from their body but she cannot be in the actual on the floor she has to be outside of the doors for the rest of the session there's been days or something like this. there's was a week left And I just think that it's really important that we recognize that these are a lot of undemocratic actions that are happening across the country. And we've heard, even on the floor of the Nebraska legislature, some senators talk about how they might like to change the rules again they don't like how things were going. And so they've changed the rules once already this session. And we had a senator who mentioned just last week he'd like to change maybe the rules again. And I just think it's really important that Nebraskans understand that we are the second house and our unicameral system is something that we need to protect. We need to protect democracy and let our senators know that we expect them to make sure that every voice is heard and that they're listening to us.
0: I think that's imperative. And that's a good reminder that we need to be paying attention to these kind of things that are not only happening here in Nebraska, but across the country and state legislators. So
1: thanks for that And Senator Hunt, she talked about it too. She um, is a person who's been really a flashpoint here in our state. Senator Hunt has stood up for reproductive rights and LGBTQ rights in our state. And I'm actually really heartened that the Omaha Chamber of Commerce has Been more vocal this last week. There have been, there's a letter that was sent basically highlighting that we need to be inclusive in our state. We need to be welcoming. And it's important not only because it's the right thing, but it's also good for business. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's, I hope that is something that is quickly resolved and uh, we can hopefully help her move on from this.
0: Absolutely. And now to, Wrap up on something exciting, something we talked about last week. LB 84, that was the bill to allow over 10,000 Nebraskans to maintain their SNAP benefits. That was voted at a committee six to one with an extension of the sunset now through September of 2025. Though it's not an elimination of the sunset, this is still a big win. Mm -hmm. And LB 84 was Officially amended into LB 227, a bill with a strong path of passing later in the session. So that's exciting. What are your thoughts?
1: I'm just so glad this is going to impact. I think that the official number is 10,000 Nebraskans, and many of them are children. So this is something that is very important for our state. And it's something I wish hadn't even been a difficult bill to pass. I just really am glad that they're going to get this done and it looks like it's going to be added into the kind of omnibus or packet whatever you want to call it main bill from hs so i think that most of the bills in that particular package are moving forward so that's a really good thing and i just really appreciate senator Day' her focus and priority making sure that we don't let people go hungry in our state. I just think most Nebraskans of good conscience don't want our neighbors to not have enough to eat.
0: Absolutely. So exciting that we can report on exciting things this week. Yes. <laughs> okay, Sydney, as we come to the end of the show, what can you tell us about what we can expect for next week? What should we start getting
1: prepared for? I was looking at Tuesday, which is the first day that they're back in session next week. The bills that are up, there's one, Senator Merman has a bill regarding the 705, the committee priority bill. And then there are some appropriation bills that are on tap for Tuesday. And then the transportation telecommunications bill will be up for final reading on Tuesday. And it looks like they have time that day. They will also come circle back around and discuss Senator Dorn's LB-562, which is the E-15 access bill and as far as at the legislature there's always a lot of people that are active going down talking with their senators and there is a budget webinar that is happening on Monday it's actually online the open sky policy institute is putting that on and i really recommend anybody who is able to take advantage of that to listen in it would be a good thing we just had the forecasting board committee hearing on Wednesday i did video record that it is up on our YouTube page and I think it is really important that people listen and learn that the forecast has been scaled back a little bit Here what we're facing in Nebraska isn't quite as rosy as we had started out this year. And then we also have on Wednesday, the Ark of Nebraska has a disability day of action. and I think it would be a really good idea for anybody available to support. The Ark of Nebraska and our disabled neighbors. And then on Thursday, the League of Women Voters has a lunch and learn in Lincoln. And that I think they're going to be talking about campaign finance, might be one of the issues. So anyway, just lots of really good civic opportunities this next week for learning and education.
0: You mentioned your YouTube channel. That's the Nebraska Legislative Study Group YouTube channel that you can just simply plug in your search bar in youtube and that's a great place for you to catch any of the sessions that you miss you guys upload all of those there so you can watch them and pause or fast forward or even put on a faster speed so that you can get in all that you missed So that's a really good resource. And you can find our podcast there too, if you prefer to listen to the podcast on YouTube. We are coming to the end of this episode. Cindy, thank you again so much for all of your time and dedication to the Nebraska community. You are definitely a force of positivity. And we appreciate you getting all the information that you can and bringing it back to our audience to share and help educate Nebraskans and help them stay engaged and teach them how to use their voice in a capacity that feels right to them. So thank you for all your knowledge and all your time. To my Lincoln listeners, the Lincoln election on May 2nd for mayor, city council, school board and airport authority is taking place. It is essential to vote in the Lincoln mayor election because election outcome will directly impact the policies and decisions that affect your daily life in the city. The mayor plays a crucial role in shaping the direction of Lincoln, determining budget priorities, and addressing community concerns. City council members determine how our tax dollars are spent, make decisions about zoning and development and oversee public services like parks, transportation, and emergency services. School board members make decisions about children's education, including curriculum, funding, and policies that affect the school environment. The airport authority is responsible for managing and overseeing the airport operations, including everything from maintenance and security to customer service and expansion plans. By voting for these officials, you... Have say in your community's direction and can help ensure that your needs and values are representative. So please, please vote and tell your friends to do the same. I will link the information for you in the show notes on who the Democratic candidates are. That concludes this episode of Swing Left Nebraska. We hope that you found this information and discussion informative and thought-provoking. One of the best ways to stay informed and to share important information with others is by sharing this podcast. By sharing this pod with your friends and family and social media networks, you can help spread the word about the important work being done by grassroots organizers, activists, and candidates in Nebraska. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing to the Swing Left Nebraska podcast on your favorite platform so you don't miss any future episodes. Remember. The work of creating a more just and equitable society is ongoing, and it requires all of us to stick together, stay engaged, and informed. We'll see you next week. Let's mobilize. Let's take action. Let's go.
1: Ready, set, go.